What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. And now, on with the show. The city streets are crime-infested jungle, where one undercover cop plays by his own rules. Lorenzo Lamas is Snake Eater, a cop who makes sure the bad guys stick around. Drugs are America's number one problem, and children are dying. Soldiers seen enough. Now, Snake Eater's back, and he wants revenge. Armed, dangerous, and deadly, he's going after the kid killers. Snake Eater's back with a vengeance. An outlaw biker gang is running wild, and the justice system can't stop them. Hey guys, what's going on? You are listening to This Week in Geek.net's Loose Cannon. This is the show where we where we explore the video stories of yesteryear. We walk down the aisles where you could actually once upon a time physically rent movies i know weird right but i am one of your video clerks today sitting behind the counter probably doing nothing much like randall from the series clerks i am mike the birdman but i'm joined by my much more knowledgeable compatriots from the lovely city of kitchener ontario canada uh alex the producer here and of course the knowledge the google the man who seems to know everything and everyone Oh, I, I, I don't, but I'm Aaron Pollier. <laughs> so, yes, guys, we are here to talk about. Well, wait, it's because we go by age of seniority. If you're older, you automatically know more people. Oh, that's I... just how that, we're going on toddler logic. OK, yes. See, All right. Fair go. enough. Fair enough. So, yes, guys, we are here to talk about a series of movies that you've probably heard of, but you probably don't know why you've heard about <laughs> And I can tell I can tell you exactly why and where you've heard of it, and this will apply to everyone in North America. It doesn't matter what state, doesn't matter what province. Every single one of you saw Snake Eater One on the book or sorry, on the shelf of every video rental store from nineteen eighty eight till about two thousand and four. It was never rented. 
And it was also at every single corner store that happened to have a few VHS tapes to rent. And it was also never rented. So, yes. So if you haven't gathered it by now, we're going to be talking about the Lorenzo Lamas epic trilogy of movies. This is the Snake Eater trilogy with Snake Eater 1, Snake Eater 2, Drug Buster, and Snake Eater 3, (laughs) His Law. Which, for some reason, I thought Snake Eater 2 had a different name for, like, decades up until we watched it like yesterday or it, it, might? it might it might have like I, I it's but what's weird is this is a franchise where the, uh, if you, you'd think that it would have a wikipedia article pretty detailed for each one because this was kind of like the poster child for the direct-to-video action movie of the late 80s early 90s when they were looking for anything and everything to fill the shelves and you'd think there'd be more in it, but the third movie doesn't have a Wikipedia article. Yeah, which actually kind of surprised me because the third one, well, I suppose we'll we'll get to it because these yeah. movies are very, I don't know, they're bland, but they're not bad. I mean, I guess I'll go first. Oh, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, think, I think they're bland. You're right that they're bland in a way that is this is action movie. No, I mean, this is action movie. So I guarantee you while talking about this, since I didn't watch these like today or yesterday, I watched these about four or five days ago. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you I will mix up what movie had which scene. Yeah. Like, <laughs> OK, so to kind of give everybody here, as we often do off the top of the show, we often talk about how we came to see these movies. And for these movies, I've actually been aware of these since about the early 1900s. Like Alex was mentioning, they were always on the video shelf, but I can't, I come at this from a slightly different angle. So growing up, my parents had pirate satellite. We had the giant dish in the backyard. We paid the cable guy an extra 50 bucks so we could get pirate uh, television. So I had HBO, I had Cinemax, I had Showtime, all those channels. And I seem to recall being at my uncle's house in the 1990s. And this was always on Cinemax or Showtime because I very clearly, distinctly remember some announcer's voice saying, coming up next on Cinemax, it's Snake Eater 2, The Reckoning, or Drug Buster, or whatever the fuck it was called. But I remember that crystal clearly. And I seem to recall the box art for this movie as well because it for some reason i've got this image in my head i can't tell you if it's real or not of lorenzo Lamas posed like sylvester stallone next to a motorcycle holding like a gun like he would in like like i want to say like red heat or cobra or something and uh that's that's actually the third movie's cover yeah like (laughs) i i just seem to recall seeing it a lot as a kid growing up what you saw was Snake Eater 1 and Snake Eater 3. 2 was almost never at any store. Which yeah, is and- weird because that's the one that I remember the most. I remember this. I remember the first film. And also from from Cinemax. And it was one of those like late night. My buddies are over from high school. We're just watching crap on cable. And that came on. And it's because I remember the opening scene of the hillbillies on the houseboat. That was super, that's super memorable. At least to me that, that, that stuck with me for like, I don't know, 25 years now that, Oh, it's, it's this movie. Oh crap. Now, now that I'm watching it and I, I don't remember anything else from the movie. So we probably shut it off at some point, but 
yeah, I, I do remember it. I do remember it. And I do remember seeing it in video stores just because of that, like, that iconic first movies movie poster. Well, probably because it had like, it was a nothing. All three of them were basically nothing productions, uh, which I didn't know until watching that they were produced up here in Canada by a Canadian production company. But the original VHS run, I think the first movie had a very limited release in theaters, like ever so slightly, like showing up at like film festival sort of things. But the original run on VHS was put out by Paramount. So it had a wide release. Mm -hmm. And then subsequently, I think Lionsgate bought the rights to it. Uh, but that might be because Lionsgate, I think, owns the production company that made it, like through a bunch of weird acquisitions over the years. So it's probably one of those tapes. And I can almost guarantee it that they were like, hey, if you want to get Top Gun for all of your rental stores, you also have to get this tape. You know, like where they would do that, where they package in a bunch of crap that nobody wants to try to either sweeten the deal or force more Paramount movies upon <laughs> whatever store. Sure. Um, so, all right. So I've talked about my history with this. Alex, how did you find these movies? Uh, again, every single store ever that I ever went to had a copy of it on the shelf. And then I picked up the VHS of the first movie for $1.97 or 97 <laughs> cents at my local bookstore. It sat on my shelf, and the plan was for us to get all three of them and then do a marathon with my buddies, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then we just never did. And then we, I, I think I took two or 300 VHS tapes to uh, an, to a used store and then got like 30 bucks for all of them because I was like, I don't want to take these with me when I move sort of thing. Yeah. And then I never got around to actually watching it until now. Was it worth uh, the wait? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> loved it. I loved it so much. It's so bad. <laughs> Oh, and I guess my history with it was I knew Lorenzo Lamas. I knew that this was a series he was in, but I, where I got like, my mom saw him, like saw the, the cover of that tape when I picked it up and she's like, Oh, the guy from Falcon's crest. And I'm like, from what? Because you know, that show I think ended before I was born. And I was like, Oh, is that like the show that was like Dallas? And she's like, yeah, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So he's from Falcon's crest. So like, that's what like all the, all of the moms of like all the boomer moms watched that show and they're like, Oh, he's that hot young guy on that show. So that's how he got his career. Right. But where I knew him from was that syndicated show that he had for like the better part of the nineties renegade, which was, it was like the motorcycle action traveling around America, saving people show that everybody was, everybody was doing shows like that. And I remember it was always on like locally, either right before or right after Baywatch. Cause it was like one of those shows where it was syndicated around the world and had like a hundred million viewers. Lorenzo Lamas is, is the renegade. And so that's where I knew him from. And that's what, and that's what introduced me to this movie series. He is by no means a good actor. <laughs> the weird <laughs> thing about Lorenzo Lamas though, as I was kind of watching these movies and, and I got to thinking about action USA and American rampage. We were watching the other week. The thing that I liked about these movies is Lorenzo Lamas, despite not being a very good actor, he does have a certain charm to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and he got he got a lot better after these movies because it was right after these movies that he got the TV show. And 
being the lead in an action show where he clearly in the first movie and even into the second one had no action experience. Look at the choreography. We'll get into that. But the show got pretty good because he had to do like 110 episodes of action where he's the lead. And then he had other shows like Air America, uh, which was, yes, it was somewhat a spoof or take on or TV version of the movie. Uh, and then he did what I remember, like Mike on the Space Channel, he had the show The Immortal. Oh, the Highlander ripoff thing. It was Highlander and Blade ripoff w- with him. So, like, he was sort of ever present on Canadian TV movies, even though he's American. Um, so, like, he got better as he went along. It's just this is rough. Yeah. The beginning. Th- this is, I-, I do agree that he has charm in these movies. He really does. He has that kind of smarmy charm that you would typically associate with like super young Harrison Ford. He kind of gave me vibes of the the guy from Action USA, kind of in almost the same costume and kind of a weird kind of way too. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. I, I guess I can see that. I guess yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like, like I said, just kind of watching these movies before we kind of dive into each well, one individually. Well, you, you, you know where the charm comes from, right? Because like his dad's super famous or something, or his mom or something. Yeah, yeah. This is da- his dad was Fernando Lamas, one of those original Latin lovers in all those old golden era Hollywood pictures. Yeah, like there's just something about him that's very magnetic and very likable. I also found out he's does he does a fair amount of voice work too. I, I and if you watch, if you see any videos or any times where he's been at like Comic Cons and that, he's like one of those super awesome dudes to hang out with. Like, wow. and so so that's why like people are like if you saw these movies you're like how did he have a career it's like well not just that he was good like he's one of those dudes that connects with the fans so it's like okay i get it i get it and and also watching these movies like you can tell that he's having fun because he knows they're dumb everybody else is sort of playing it very straight and he's kind of like okay i guess we're only doing one take yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I was kind of getting from this. I mean, like I I was watching these in in a row last night, although I did take a break to watch the third one today. But I'm watching it and I was just listening to him explain his like character story and then we'll kind of get into the individual kind of movies here. His name is Jack Soldier Kelly cuz that's a nickname you give to somebody. Remember, no name in the first movie. Yeah, he was just Soldier. Just soldier. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's a, no, I think they do say his name once. When, do they? Yes, when the two cops are in the car, they're like oh, talking yeah, about okay. who like he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's all exposition guy. until they try to like until they make a homeless man drink urine. Yeah, <laughs> which again we'll get into. Jeez, and, and, I, and I almost spit out my drink because I started laughing so hard. But yeah, like this movie, like. When I was watching it, like just listening to some of the names and some of the plot, it totally sounds like somebody had just thought this up thinking, okay, I can get a million dollars to make a movie, but I got to have the pitch in by five o'clock this afternoon and it's three 30 right now. What do I have? And the name just, it just sounds so made up. It, you, you know what it made me think of? Do you remember that? episode of the simpsons where homer gives himself the name max power that's what yeah. this made me think it was like well, that's not so fucking made up it's stupid like dude if you <laughs> he, he was a supporting actor in a couple of movies prior to this like obviously he had that tv show mm-hmm. uh but like 
he he was in like a movie in 79 before the tv show his direct movie before this when he was like doing falcon's crest was body rock oh god for he lead actor in body rock for which he got a nomination for a golden razzie (laughs) (laughs) so so this was a step up this didn't get a golden razzie nod (laughs) so let's go into the first snake in a movie who wants to take on this gee me me me, me. (laughs) go get him alex go get him buddy so snake eater it is every late 80s early 90s ultra violent but at the same time not quite going there trope rolled into one and then some there are moments in this where it feels like a trauma picture like almost a parody yeah but then it's not a parody it's it's a it's a very serious parody and the movie starts as we mentioned where they're giving a little bit of uh exposition with these two bumbling uh detectives who are, are having the most stilted worst community theater actor dialogue between them oh, i knew we were so in, awkward we were in deep as soon as i started hearing these guys talk because they're clearly canadian and yes. they're clearly trying, trying a they're, different accent it, no it's not just i was trying to pick it out i'm like okay they're canadian i know they're canadian but i was like they're not from alberta they are not from rural canada like they're not from rural ontario they are somewhere from a major city in ontario or Vancouver area because really our accents are very similar in the Vancouver West coast and Ontario. I'm like, but they're trying, they're trying to do. I was like, it's not Chicago. Are they trying to do Detroit? No, no. They're trying to do New York. See, and I was like, but it's not near. And then, and then I was thinking, is it Jersey? That's what it starts coming off as. And then, and then I finally settled on it. They're trying to do like Long Island, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like adjacent to the cities. <laughs> that's that's all I could figure is like it's not upstate, but they're trying and they are failing, failing bad. <laughs> and uh, as you said, a homeless uh, person or a person or as what do we say now? What's the How, term, uh, housing insecurity? Yeah, yeah. Somebody experiencing housing insecurity uh, walks up and asks for some change, specifically to get a coffee. And he says, right after the detective has peed into his coffee cup, and then he says, "No, here, take it." And he takes it away, and they're laughing at that. And when I saw that, I went, "Oh God, it's so. It's this is going to be one of those horrifically cruel movies that I'm going to find hilarious and embarrassing, and I'm just going to nonstop laugh the whole time." And if I was around other people, I'd feel embarrassed for how much I love it. And and, and <laughs> did you laugh? Yes. Let, and, and I'm going to make you feel bad. I already told you. Yes. I already told you this. Darlene watched this movie with me. And she <laughs> had nightmares because of this movie. <laughs> I, I Okay. 50, you can tell her 50% of me feels for her and I feel horrific. And oh, no, maybe 49% and 51% is laughing to my core <laughs> that this happened i'm sorry darlene but i'm also not sorry i'm gonna be that kind of friend okay so i'm sorry okay. sort of <laughs> you're sorry so, adjacent yeah, yeah i'm yeah. So, i'm sorry that it upsets you <laughs> <laughs> so i so i'm like oh we're in for a treat and then okay then we start going into elements of weird like beyond regular bad movie weird where we meet Snake Eater, who has set up traps for... He, he's like a Vietnam vet who sets up traps, but 
they're nonsensical in that he sets up a bunch of spikes in the ground or nails in the ground that come up through the ground but like in this dilapidated building that doesn't why i don't know how he had the time to set it up because they're doing a this is home alone this is macaulay culkin if if he like got ripped buff and decided to like fully embrace the sociopathic tendencies that he showed in the home alone movies yeah so he's trapped or insane it's it's supposed to be a drug sting and instead of the drug dealer initially showing up it's a, a woman who he proceeds to convinced to get naked and have sex what just to prove that he doesn't have a wire on him which we find out later on he hit it up his butt no 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 um, he didn't he implied that he hit it up his butt but he had a fake mullet oh that's right that's right that's the joke it, haha oh that's right I, again i watched all three in a row <laughs> but so and again this for no reason at all the the actress takes her top off and she's got a huge ass open heart surgery scar. I was I was surprised about that. that yeah, that same was, here. I mean, and like we're not talking like fake. I was I was looking for the the gum. Like no, she just she's somebody who had open heart surgery or had her ribs like like reset. Or she's something. very young too, so that means that it was most likely like uh, open heart like surgery. A car well, it was it was surgery when she was a child. She had a heart yeah yeah problem. yeah. She, yeah, like a like a murmur or a hole or something that had to be fixed, yeah. or, or 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 stents or something put in, like because like she had to, she could have been more than like twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, twenty two, twenty three. And, and I was surprised because that that's a real scar. And like I thought, like oh, is it supposed to be like she's like been cut up? And I'm looking, and I paused the movie, and I got up out of my chair, and walked closer to my TV to look, and I'm going no that's a real like mm-hmm. full-blown like she had a pacemaker put in scar mm-hmm. and, and i'm like that's such an odd choice like and again i'm not we're not shaming it's like it's not like oh you should have hired somebody who didn't have that because she's a beautiful lady mm-hmm. but it's like that's just an odd choice like did the director do that because he's like this is kind of cool no i think it's that she was the right actress for the right part willing to do a topless scene she just has a scar yeah, and I've I, never like, credit ever seen that too. in the movie. That that's actually a you know good call. Like he did, the director did not discriminate against her because she had a scar. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No. Great. And, and, and also, he didn't bring attention to it. Yeah, he didn't. So that's that's what made me double take and go, oh, this isn't part of the plot. Like, I, I was fully expecting for, like, him to, like, start to make out with her. And then as he, like 
goes down her body, he starts hearing like a ticking and she's got a bomb inside her or something. <laughs> yeah, know, like I mean, it's just what I was expecting. You normally see in these movies. So that's why it felt like it was a plot point. Um, I agree. I thought there was going to be some sort of plot point to it, but I was really impressed with the fact that it wasn't. That's just, she's a regular human being. Yeah. So I, again, I'm not going to dwell on that any further. Just, mm-hmm. it was odd. It, it felt weird at first. And then I was like, okay, we're in for something different. Uh, and we move forward. <laughs> we move forward in this nonsensical ridiculousness, and uh, we find out that. Uh, oh, actually, no. We, we end up Snake Eater, or I guess I'm just going to keep calling him Snake Eater, even though his name is Soldier or whatever. This, the Snake Eater is riding his motorcycle and has to swerve out of the way of some kids that are running across the street. Gets launched like a missile. <laughs> into this bar lands does a somersault gets helped up everybody in the bar just knows him like oh that's soldier and he starts to walk around but this one bad guy is pissed he's pissed that he he broke his drink and was, he was playing games and that and better watch out he this guy collects teeth before he beats people up and we have a really awkward fight scene where he beats him and knocks out that guy's teeth and he's like here's more for your collection and as we think that that one random fight is over, another random fat slob stands up behind and starts doing karate moves, and it makes like, like Bruce Lee, <laughs> and, and I'm like, what in the actual fuck is happening? <laughs> he throws beer bottles at him, and he's shooting those out yeah, of the end of his fist. Yes, he, yes, he throws a beer bottle up into the air, and when the guy looks up, throws another one at him, and then the top one falls on top of him. And it's the most like cartoon Looney Tunes like, Hanna- bullshit. Looney Tunes Hanna Barbera bullshit, <laughs> and it even has the sound effects. And I'm like, what's just what, what's, what's going on? Just, Can I also what, say what's with the tone? That this is a scene where, as an American, you know that this scene is supposed to be in America, but is clearly in Canada. Oh yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, there's plenty of times where they're eating a whole bunch of Hostess chips, and Hostess doesn't exist anymore because Lay's bought them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I'm looking at, and, and, like, all the license plates of the cars are obscured and blurred. And, and I'm like, what? And then we're there, and a police officer shows up from nondescript police force in the middle of nowhere. It's, like, it's a city cop, and they're at, a, at like, a, like, a country bar. You'd figure it would be a sheriff or something, but they're like, hey, the only costume we have is for a city cop. Anyway, he shows up and he's like, hey, I'm not here to cause any trouble. Like, the cop knows not to fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I got some bad news. Your whole family's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that, soldier. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got some bad news. Your whole family's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? And it's like, not like there's an, there's an accident. Your whole family's dead. We, we're, they're all dead. You got to identify the bodies. And it's because parallel to this happening, uh, a bunch of hillbillies where how they made them look like hillbillies was to shave their eyebrows <laughs> and the one guy to shave the top of his head so that he looks like one of the munchkins from the lollipop guild. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and it's, it's, that scene, that freaking houseboat scene. God damn. That just went on like five minutes too long. It was really uncomfortable to sit through. It was it was very, very, very rapey and 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 not very i mean he kills kills his father by shoving a fish in his mouth that somehow makes his face explode with blood yeah well they broke his teeth out 
yeah, <laughs> with a bunch of fish, and uh, and the hillbilly guy who looks like somebody I went to school with, uh, but it's not because he's would be like twenty years older than me. Uh, kills the mother, his mother, by boiling her face with with the most hilarious Nickelodeon children's show bubble sounds. Yeah. It's... Oh, oh, and, and then, you know, trigger warning, like sexual assault is yes, pretty yes, much that, that, assured to be happening in the background of this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of uncomfortableness, but not, it's not, not the most graphic I've seen. Yeah. And it's not it like it's just implied. Like, they, they, there's a lot of over the, the clothes, like, uh, groping and stuff that it would be uncomfortable, obviously. There's, there's your trigger. Yeah. Um, as well as like implied like people ogling and stuff um but his his sister makes it away um well makes it away with them so he he goes up there to the houseboat uh you know finds his dad's stuff and and he realizes that his sister's probably not dead goes to uh the marina meets uh a new friend out of the blue which is the older dude uh and he's like, nice bike, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hillbillies show up. They start to have a big fight. And then out of the blue, old man on the bike just rides out in to do a stunt into the water to distract them for a second. And uh, yada, yada, yada. But I'm just going to pause on this part of the scene because I was like, I was like, where have I seen old man before? The, the character playing King. And I'm like, where have I seen him before? Where have I seen him before? And then I realized... Not only is it a famous person, I know this person. So it, it's actually, and, and I don't know, you probably don't know him, uh, Aaron, but Michael, you would have heard of him. Okay. In fact, you probably have, you've probably heard of his music or people he's, he's been associated with. Uh, it's Ronnie Hawkins. Really? That's Ronnie Hawkins. He just died this past year, but Ronnie Hawkins is one of the most famous Canadian music. Well, he's not Canadian. He was originally from Arkansas, and he was like a like a rockabilly, like nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, early rock star dude who was sort of middling success in the states. Came up to Toronto in the early sixties, and then basically created the entire Canadian rock and roll scene. Okay, so he's uh, he put together the bands for Janis Joplin. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, the band called the band, no, I, um, and a bunch of other, ba- basically he was the guy he would gather, he had an eye for musicians. He would gather other musicians that needed new players and he would find people to play in their bands and then they would become famous people later on. Uh, he also had a few like number one hits back in the day and he used to go around, like he was on like Johnny Carson on and it, what was sort of what he was known for here is he was. He's basically started like the modern rock and country western scene in Canada. Uh, he played up here for decades and decades and had had huge hits, but he had his big, thick Arkansas accent. Yet he was like a Toronto native. And I met him when he played the Kitchener Blues Fest in two thousand and nine. Oh, okay. He was just out in the crowd, out in the crowd, hanging out. And like the Kitchener Blues Fest, we get like a, a couple hundred thousand people that show. People show up from all over the states and everywhere. It's, it's the biggest blues festival in Canada. Uh, so obviously him being a big rock and roll blues guy, he showed up. And so I was like, where did I see him? I'm like, that's the Ronnie Hawkins. I've not like, I know him like, like legit talk to him when, you know, we're all having like, like street hot dogs and stuff. And he was out there chilling between sets. 
like so i've met that dude so that that's my little ronnie hawkins story there so i was like because it was burning a hole in my brain i'm like i know this guy but again i saw him like 20 years later <laughs> so he was a lot older <laughs> but yes so that's my story so michael you you know like again if you don't know his music you know the name oh right? yeah for sure 100 percent. like it's the kind of thing like your parents 100 percent know him. Mm-hmm. and if we if you did a quick youtube search you'd be like oh i know his music he's one of those guys mm-hmm. um but yeah so <laughs> anyway uh let's go so continuing on the movie drags a fair bit. It's a lot of scenes. Like the rest of this movie is how do we recover a sister who he doesn't necessarily know is still there, but they, he thinks that they have her. And then it's a bunch of back and forth of the hillbillies coming to attack him and him attacking hillbillies. And then it turns into Rambo and he kills a bunch of them in weird, weird and interesting, but also cheap ways. Um, I took a picture. What was the guy's name? Uh, uh, I took a picture of uh, the one the guy with that shaved the top of his head to look like a lollipop gill dude. Yeah. Okay. The one when he gets on the tractor at the end, I could not stop laughing at the faces <laughs> this guy was making. Yeah, it was a little bit cartoonish. It was kind of ridiculous. Was the guy with like the thick glasses, like yes, bubble? that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, and and the and I swear the guy that played like the main bad guy with the shaved eyebrows Mm -hmm. i was positive that i've seen him before somewhere you know what's weird he kind of gave me a weird alan um tudyk vibe from tucker and dale versus evil Hmm. weird kind of way a little bit i'm trying to figure out what what was his name he was junior i think yeah that was the character's name but i know the guy you mean and i'm looking at i'm trying to see like he's obviously not somebody famous but you know long story short with this film he ends up uh saving the sister he barely gets hurt because that's how these action movies work uh everybody dies it's a bunch of squibs uh nothing super memorable there uh he does but... get caught in a bear trap randomly yes randomly. <laughs> also there's one moment just before he goes to save his sister and it's sort of meant to be the hero rambo montage he puts on a shirt that says I'm a snake eater. And this is a shirt that's been around since Vietnam or whatever it is. And he puts it's, on it's, a bandana. It, what, and what, here's, it's supposed to be representative of his... His unit or whatever. His, his, his elite unit. Yet he's cut it into a... a like, crop top? W- woman's crop top. Uh, <laughs> can we also talk about how the old guy um, basically ruined his Harley Davidson and turned it into like a jet ski? Yeah, that was so random. Like, you're gonna need this. Uh, why? Why? Why did how you much, wreck my bike? It, you. F-O-B? It was probably there. The producers were like, "We got Ronnie Hawkins. We got to use him because he's semi-famous. Like in Canada, he's really famous, but he's semi-famous in the states. So, like, we got to use him for something. At the same time, like, it was the character was completely useless. Yeah. Like, there, most of the characters in this were kind of pointless uh it, it was it was so odd like the dialogue was so stilted and odd in this movie like it was hard to it was hard to pay attention but it was also hard to take my eyes off of it so i'm looking at junior here i'm trying to see on his imdb if he ever did anything else and oh 
No, he see, I thought he was in the third movie as a different character, but he's not. Mm. But he was he, he really didn't do anything else. Like he did like one or two appearances and things. So he's not who I thought he was. But anyway, uh I will give a, a little a little trivia on this. So it was obviously filmed in Canada. Oh yeah. Michael, can can you take one guess as to where it was filmed? I think when I was doing my research on this, I want to say it was filmed in New Brunswick, right? No. Really? Where where was it filmed? You're never going to guess. You, you know, I'll give you two guesses in Ontario. Uh, can you give me a hint? It's not Toronto. Collingwood area? No. Peterborough. Really? Okay, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> And I saw that at the end of the credits, they listed a, a Peterborough business or two. Mm-hmm. And I was looking and it was all like local, like Peterborough is, it's not the middle of nowhere. It's between Toronto and Ottawa. And it's like, it, it's like known for being where the Greyhound stops. <laughs> if wow. that makes any sense. It's one of those. It's like, it's the bigger city where the Greyhound you actually goes to. <laughs> And I'm like, they filmed it in Peterborough. And I'm like, did they film it near Peterborough? Because, and I was looking up, I was like, oh yeah, because Ronnie Hawkins had a place near there. <laughs> he lived in Toronto and then also had a place in Peterborough. <laughs> so it's like, did they film this entire movie around Ronnie Hawkins' schedule? And it's probably true. Huh. So, so yeah, so that's that's basically the this, this, this story. Also, like, he reunites with his... It is supposed to be his sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he rescues his sister who is like sexually uh, threatened continually through the film. Like a bunch. It's weird. Yeah. It's I, really I, uncomfortable. I, I will say this. What's interesting is if you read the plot synopsis, and it's true when you think about it, they don't actually abuse her. They go to, but every time one of them goes to, one of them stops the next person. Yeah. 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 It's because she's supposed to be underage. But she's like 25. Yeah, but th- that's what's implied is that the younger sister is like it's like like, like 17 to or be something like, like that. Like it's it's implied that he's supposed to be like 30. Yeah. No, wait. No, he's got to be older. Yeah. Cuz he's he's supposed to be a non-vet. Let's say he was he's almost 25. supposed to be 40. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I think he's supposed to he would have to be have been supposedly born between like 48 and 1950 or 52. Because if he got out of Nam in like 75 or 76 and then he became a police officer and became a detective and yada yada yada, yeah, he'd have to be like 40. But he was like well the actor was born in 58. So yeah, yeah he's like, like 30 he's too years young old. to have served. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like well okay he like he would have only in real life he would have been like 16 when the war ended. Yeah. Or well en- ended in quotes. <laughs> like when when everything when the evacuation happened. Yeah. So like I mean he can he he doesn't look a lot older. He doesn't look like the age he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, 19 but, it's like a 19 19- 80s style teenager and it's a 1980s style 30 which is the new 40 i guess yeah it's like he's playing like he's playing older and she's playing younger if that makes sense so the movie kind of ends but did you notice something they as cheap and as as crappy as the incidental music was in this they paid for a theme song sure which surprised me but i think that you listen to the lyrics Oh, 
God, I can't remember the lyrics. It's the lyrics are basically uh, they took his sister and they're gonna do things to her and they're like singing all happy. Oh God! <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? What is happening here? And, well, I know that the they movie, thought they actually had like a decent movie even before it was released. That's why they started filming the second movie, like even before the first one was in yeah. theaters. It was back to back filming, and like when I was saying that it was released in theaters, I don't think it was released in theaters in the States. I think it was released in theaters here to like fulfill some sort of CanCon sort of situation where the theaters had to show certain Canadian things because it had a budget of 1.2 million, but that would go a lot farther at that time here using all of our own crews because like I'm 100% going to guarantee you that Lorenzo Lamas was the only American in this. Well, Ronnie Hawkins was a, already at this point a citizen here but like he was the only person getting paid in u.s dollars (laughs) yeah i don't think anybody else was and boy he uses Uh, a weird gun in this movie too can i talk about that really quick yes that's yeah that's what i was gonna ask he's using using a fully automatic (laughs) version of the ruger mini 14 that's what i thought it was yeah okay so that's it it uses a, a nato 556 round um and it really is an automatic weapon, but it's very strange for him to have, especially in Canada. Let's put it that way. Like the, it wasn't really a big thing in Canada at all. It was barely used in the U S outside of law enforcement and only in a few, in a few places like New York city and things like that. So him having that for this movie in Canada just seems, I don't know. Yeah. The, the armor was functional. Was- yeah, I, I would say so anyway. Yeah, the armor was pretty good in this. But, I mean, it's not like that there's a ton of weapons used. It's mostly just kind of random shotguns. And, uh, yeah, just random shotguns and a couple revolvers. And then the, the the thing that struck me as odd with this and and the Ruger is he randomly finds it underwater. Yeah, he dropped it when he got thrown from the uh, the motorcycle jet ski thing. Yeah, he actually drops it in the river and he doesn't come out with it like he lost it in the river somewhere and then he gets it back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he and then he spends a couple of moments reassembling it like I'm going to put on this this like flash suppressor because. Oh, okay. you mean the commando moment? Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's the thing that bothers me about that moment specifically is I know it's meant to mirror Rambo, but he puts on the fucking headband and he's going up to save his sister in murder shack. And then he gets caught in a bear trap and he immediately takes off badass bandana to bandage his leg. He puts the bandana on and I went, look at this doof. Yeah, that's what I, I'm like. This dork. Look at this. Like he's not even wearing it right. Like, like I was like, oh, if he put it around his head, like wrapped it up and and tied it with his big poofy hair, but he covered his poofy hair and it made him look like a complete doofus. <laughs> and, and he's put and it's like this is his his commando moment, and then and him jumping out of the water, and then it's just like slow mo on his body. I'm like, this was clipped out for the promotional stuff when they were trying to sell it to like Israel and, and Bulgaria. Now. We've got to talk about the second movie here. Oh God! Before oh, God. So the first, first movie, first movie ends, and then I go, "What's the second movie going to be like?" Oh. And it turns out it's um, it's worse, but also better <laughs> in a sense because I'm going to read you the Wikipedia because whoever wrote this, Chef's Kiss, you are a beautiful human being, and I want to meet you. The second movie, I will say this before you start, yes. Michael. 
is a lot more fun. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. World's better. Like like this this went for like the first movie went from being something where it looked like on paper they were trying to make an, a serious action movie and then when they couldn't they improvised. This looks like by the time they went to this I, and looking at the first film and I'm like 1.2 million I have a feeling they were given 2.5 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Which in that at that time period if you did like a conversion that would have been roughly 5 million Canadian dollars and that was probably their budget and they were they thought probably we're going to make one movie and I'll bet you the producers came at the last minute and said make two and they went what 5 million would have made them a really good action movie at that time mm-hmm. yeah for a low budget movie like we're talking like that's the kind of budgets that in 1988 stuff like like Van Damme Dolph Lundgren they were get, getting that kind of budget and those movies were making like 30 million so they could have done it and then I'll like guarantee the producers are like no we want to and they had to split it and it looks like the budget went into the second movie yeah because they have a lot more star power in it if you can believe that and also before we go on to the second movie randomly one of the guys from welcome back cotter shows up as an arsonist in the last like two Torchy. minutes yeah torture yeah, 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 yeah uh for like two minutes of that scene must have been improv well he's in a he's in the whole movie yeah what like, like like it's it's literally uh what is it horshack yeah horshack from welcome back cotter but it was just like okay that's uh hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's a cameo. Um, All right. So we're going to talk about the second movie, and I'm just going to read you the Wikipedia because it's so ridiculously written. I'm surprised it stayed there this this long. Plot. In this installment of the series, Jack Soldier Kelly, Lorenzo Lamas, fights the inner city war on drugs with the help of his criminal and comedic sidekick, Speedboat, after a string of kids die from poison. Which, which, by the way, I could not stop laughing. Like, could you imagine... You're you're an aspiring young black actor, and you you show up, and then the role you're given is speedboat. Yeah, and that's the guy who played the first openly gay character in the Revenge of the Nerd series. I think it's Larry B. Scott's his name. So anyway, so the article go, or the thing goes on to read. So uh, Kelly immediately leaps into action by uncovering a cache of weapons that he saved from his Marine days, which includes C4 grenades, one handgun, and a bunch of other shit. Uh, so Kelly immediately leaps into action after uncovering a cache of weapons he saved from his Marine days and busting into a drug stronghold, guns blazing, taking out four scumbags in the process. After his 
renegade efforts, he's arrested but saved from jail by his quick or sorry, by his quick thinking lawyer who pleads insanity, sending soldier to the insane asylum here. He will meet a quote, crazy character, such as a neurotic computer programmer, a sexaholic, former televangelist, who's one of the most underused and funniest characters in this movie, I might add. And the pyromaniac known as Torchy, that soldier busted at the end of the original snake eater. This cast of oddball characters, both assist and hinder soldiers, quest for justice usually in cringeworthy fashion after some hospital hijinks that allow a soldier a way of escaping unnoticed he and speedboat continue their fight against the drug dealers uh, 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 uh let me see of the city after a trail of explosives and bodies soldier and speedboat do away with the scumbag crime bosses for some reason that's highlighted here responsible for for the poison drugs killing them with their own tainted supply kelly is found not guilty of the earlier murders by reason of temporary insanity despite killing about 20 other people in that (laughs) time the film ends with with an extremely bizarre dance number in the mental institution as the castmates and everyone is happy how that made it through the wikipedia people i am so surprised this movie was like being on drugs watching it 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 was weirdly fun it's fun and there are some amazing scenes in it absolutely amazing scenes but like between them it's just like filler which is which is weird because the great scenes are truly great like when the 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 psychologist psychiatrist uh doctor is taken hostage by like a crazy patient and lorenzo lamas just is acting like he doesn't give a crap if she lives or dies and it's all an act and he just stands up disarms the guy and sits back down like he doesn't really care what just happened Uh, it's it's so weird or how security is so lax in this mental institution for the criminally insane that there are people crossing paths in the ventilation ducts including a pizza delivery guy and oh yeah we'll we'll, we'll get to oh that oh my that, god like the way it opens dude it, it's we're in this gymnasium for some reason for some reason i don't it looked like it the set of the movie that breakdancing movie help me out Electric Break, yeah yeah that's what i thought this movie was for like well, half a second and so he's no longer a cop from for some reason. He's Johnny Law or not Johnny Law. Well, it's because he's on suspension. He, but he's checking in on who? Like, like, like speed, speedboat. He wasn't checking in on him. He just happened to be there. It doesn't explain why he was there. I think they were friends, or like he's a contact or something. Like, like, like. I guess that he's a buddy. But of? again, why was he there? Like it, there's there's no explanation as to why this movie starts. It just does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, whatever new drug in quotes, as in any 80s and 90s new drug movie, uh, Speedboat's sister takes some drug to get that edge so that she can get her scholarship for was it whatever cheerleading or something. Oh, yeah, because and, they're having the dance-off thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she, yeah, yeah. They're, they're wanting the edge. She wants all the energy, so she's snort, snorting all the cocaine. Yeah. So people, so, yeah. But they were calling it the new drug. And 
bunch of people they all overdose and he's there and like he looks up for to god for help for a second and the music cha- like the music is very different in this movie than the first one and nobody's doing like cpr or anything and well they're expecting because, god to help yes and because because speedboat is an informant or friend but also somebody he's busted a bunch his solution to, to his sister getting hurt is i'm gonna kill everybody with grenades explosives and traps it's nutty like i'm not i'm no longer a police officer so i'm just able to kill people (laughs) yeah he goes and tries to kill people and when he gets put into the institution i went oh it's gonna be one of these movies and he gets in like he gets he gets in there and it's it's they're like we're gonna make this a fun mental institution movie now and they introduce all the characters i'm like oh there's horshack and then there's the the televangelist and then again uh the character with the mustache that was the computer programmer that was sort of uh that sits next to him and and is i guess the most sane except for when he goes a little angry uh turns out i've met him too it's harvey Atkin, is it yes i've met him too <laughs> i was like god so he was on um for anybody wondering if you're looking at him you're like i've seen that guy's face before that would be because he was on cagney and lacy for wow uh, what was it like almost 100 episodes uh as well as uh very prolific in the 80s and 90s in cartoons and voiceovers uh he played bowser in all the mario cartoons until I guess the late 90s uh what else uh to do something that's maybe a little more contemporary uh he was sam in the sam and max freelance police michael uh, if you who was this again which character the guy with the, 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 guy with oh, the mustache. holy sh- oh my god i can hear it in my head now you're right yeah and he was a judge in a shit ton of episodes of Law and Order. Which um, which another but, person who, who pops up during this, Alex, because you just remind me of one of the goons we run into later is a guy who has like um he's got a bald head kind of, but he's some hair. He's got this big bit of facial hair. Canadian people were recognized. I think his name is George Buzza. The live action movie all of us know him from is he was one of the bikers in the first X-Men movie uh, when Wolverine is in the bar. He's also the guy who randomly shows up in in, in uh, Diary of the Dead stealing the TV when they go back to college for like five minutes. But everybody in this room knows his voice. That's Dr. Hank McCoy, the fucking beast from X-Men, the animated series. Well, where I know him from outside of that was he was the brother on the Sinbad TV show, not Sinbad, the comedian Sinbad, the sailor. Oh my God, the, you're right. Yeah. The, the older brother with the big giant sword back when everybody was trying to copy Hercules and Xena, which Sinbad um, was a cooler show, by the way, it, it was so bad, but yeah, so him, uh, but yes, so that Harvey Atkin guy. So how I know him or how I've met him when I was very little, uh, was when I would visit my grandparents, my grandfather, every week especially when he got closer to retirement would go down to sam the record man in toronto he would go every week and peruse through like because it was a it was a flagship gigantic store like we're talking multi-level big 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 
And he would go there and, you know, take me out with my grandma and that we'd go there. He'd be there for like 30 minutes going through all the jazz records and big band. And like my grandpa had like 10,000 records. And this is one of the guys that would just show up there and peruse the records with him. Like all the old guys would show up and they'd be like, Oh, what did you find? Like, so I, I met him a couple times, just, you know, in casual, like he was a record guy who was there. I, I wouldn't say he was like a friend of my grandpa, but like very often they would be shopping together, looking through the records and finding like weird stuff. Huh. So I, I find that funny. And Mike, you know where you know him from? Where? Probably more than anything. Where? He's the voice of the Leon's commercials. Get the fuck out of here! He is. Uh, Leon's don't pay event. For the, don't pay until nineteen ninety seven. No interest. No. This guy did like five hundred thousand TV commercials, almost always as the voiceover for uh, like layaway oh. for different stores. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> so I get it's, it's so random, but it's like I'm like, there's two of these movies, and I fucking know people in two of them, <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> and I and I had no idea. Not no as in like friends, but no as in I've met and talked to. <laughs> like, what the hell? At <laughs> six degrees of Alex now, and again, no idea that this one was also filmed uh, in you know in around Peterborough and Ontario and all that. And I'm like, because obviously they filmed them back to back, right? Uh, and I'm watching it, and I'm like. Who would have thought that Harvey Atkin would be one of the best actors in this movie? <laughs> it's like Harvey Atkin and Rorsch, uh, Rorschach are like the best actors in this film. Really? Um, I was trying to think if there was anybody else even semi-famous in this. Not that I and, saw. Uh, the, let me see. The, the uh, detective uh, that he's working with, the, the woman detective, she was in uh two other movies with lorenzo lamas i don't really want to do those movies though cia codename alexa and cia 2 target alexa she's also uh one of the lead actresses in halloween 4 and oh, bride of, Bri- Reanimator. Bride of the reanimator she was in renegade the renegade tv series too Let's yeah see that yeah. yeah uh and i'm trying to think uh who else might have been in, the, in this that we would have seen before uh, we know Speedboat. Uh, there wasn't really that many other like cameo cameos. Uh, but anyway, he meets the crew. They're all interesting people. And and again, I'm sitting there. They're all playing cards and stuff. I'm like, these guys may be kind of like, quote unquote, crazy. But they seem like kind of fun guys to hang out with. Just, you know, don't let them set you on fire or steal things from you or erase your identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when you find out that like, they're like, oh, you know, it's time for the game. And you're oh like, my oh, god! No. And they're like, what is the game? Apparently, this this mental institution, this this uh, prison for the criminally insane, or whatever it is, everybody in there, including all of the the orderlies and doctors, they just all let them have a like uh, fight to the death. I guess it's supposed to be a fight to the death. Yeah, it's Thunderdome in wheelchairs. It's yes, <laughs> it's full on wheelchair jousting. Yeah. Uh, because both of them had to have one leg straight <laughs> this is the underground world us handicapped people are never supposed to tell you able-bodied folk about just so you guys know but we well we know because we're friends with you you have to have somebody there it's to, true to for somebody it. has to be my my uh proverbial pit crew well somebody has to be the corner man to hype you up and get your water somebody has to uh put the vaseline on you and give you your spelling salts right yeah. so it's, it's, anyway <laughs> you can go in there and they're like they're like you're up against goliath and when they turn to the goliath i almost pissed my pants laughing the worst facial makeup effects oh I've god ever yeah seen yeah i'm like is in my to be entire a life like 
that, they, that's that's what you're trying to go for they're like he killed his parents and his sister and his friends and their neighbors and then they turned him and it's tom scarrett with a bunch of putty on his face <laughs> and hillbilly teeth and i went what and it's it's such a bad makeup job that his makeup is literally gray plasticine mm-hmm they didn't do anything to make the color match his neck or arms. Yeah, it's just there <laughs> on him. Yeah, yeah. And, and a pair of fake teeth. And he almost goes over the edge. And, and Or he does go over the edge, but he's holding on. He's like, hope, hope. And, and Snake Eater goes to help. His soldier goes to help him. But the, the one inmate decides to try to kill him by smacking his hands with his crutches. <laughs> and then it just it just cuts away. And I'm like, they're going to come back to this guy later. Because, you know, they're going to have to. Because, like, why would you put the makeup on? And it, it did. It looked like Tom Skerritt with makeup on. And they move on. And that's when they find out he can leave whenever he wants. Because they're getting Chinese food delivered whenever they want it. He goes into the air duct. Which, by the way... The, it, it's the fucking TARDIS because <laughs> when he goes into the air duct I looked at that air duct and I'm like well I guess I would just die and stay in there because I can't fit in that air duct and then he goes in there and it's like five feet wide by like four feet tall well because like, they need all that room for all the pizza deliveries they're getting well uh, and hookers and right? hookers so, yeah there is a hooker the, the, that comes uh, through and it, it, it turned like it turned into like something from like laughing or like on the like you'd see on, on like the Carol Burnett show and like he's he's walking through or going through the vent and then the, this this lady of the night shows up she's like i'm so-and-so's present and, and it's like it's the the televangelist character like, I, I didn't write it down but he, she quotes a bible verse that he gives her and, and, and it was like it was, it was basically it's better to spread your seed in a horror than to spread it into the air <laughs> yeah 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 again i'm paraphrasing but basically it's better to sleep with horrors than it is to jerk off yeah and and lorenzo lamas yeah he's like uh i must have I missed that lesson i remember that part <laughs> i don't Did remember that part a, and 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 like she, they start she's like oh excuse me they're gonna worm their way by each other and then she looks down touches his leg sees his his crotch and she's she's just like hey <laughs> hey you wanna you wanna hang out with me a little bit later you know, I can come back. I think that's uh, Felicia Shulman. The actress is Felicia Shulman, who actually has okay. a lot of um, a lot of credits, like a lot of character work. Yeah, a lot of credits compared to many okay. of the people that are in this. And, and that's probably yeah, fully. I, I fully believe it. Um, and then as he's going through, it's like it's turning into like, you know what it reminded me of? remember in batman when adam west would be climbing the building and then everybody would just yeah talk to him through the oh, window sure, sure sure yeah and and then the, the domino's sorry the canadian domino's pizza guy shows up uh they had a point of having the canada logo and everything and he's like he's like hey you know order one more pizza and, we'll, and you get a free uh what was it some bread or something yeah, free pasta yeah oh ani pasta yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm like was that a special they were running in the early 90s here and they wanted to put that in in for it my favorite like the old bigfoot ads there's one thing that he says he's like if you order more pizza you get your choice of uh, of toppings or a free antipasta and then lorenzo Lamas pauses and goes no shit eh and it's just the it, it's the inflection in his voice i died <laughs> laughing at that yeah <laughs> no shit and then, so he gets out and all this time 
speedboat has been trying to you know help him find the bad guys who again wasn't paying much attention to non nondescript mob people and also i paused it because i could not stop laughing like i was in tears in this movie <laughs> okay because like, I, I was like what the fuck a speedboat was why was he wearing his mother's raincoat like <laughs> <laughs> It, was, it looked like he was wearing his mother's raincoat and hat. It was it, it, it was too big for him. The wrong color. It was a women's jacket. Yeah. And, and it's just like, was it literally like they didn't have anything on set? And like somebody in the, like one of the producers was like, just wear my jacket. I, I, we'll never find out. I mean, if we ever get to, get to talk to Lorenzo Lamas, maybe. <laughs> but uh, still. <laughs> I was like, what? And then again, blowing people up. It's a lot of shooting. He's trying to hide. He, he's somehow investigating with the one detective while not letting the other detective know that he's out of the institution and then sneaking back in. And then the, the, the mob comes and gets, tries to get them. And he has to try to break out to, to, to go after speed, you know, speedboat. But then he gets put into, uh, into a padded room. And then Goliath comes and saves the day by breaking in. And when he goes to leave, Goliath apparently just can talk. Goliath can't go. Goliath not allowed to leave. But you help you Goliath. Save, Goliath help you, you. You you save Goliath. Goliath help. And I'm like, oh my god! Like that was like trauma shot on video, like dollar store level acting. Yeah, boy. I don't know. <laughs> Some of this movie, I must have left my body in and just kind well, of like, I don't, I don't remember again, the padded room scene, even though I, it clearly was there. I, I mean, wow. They have a big, they have a big shootout at the, at, you know, with the, all the mobsters together and they put themselves in a panic room and they're like, I had the guy that was it the guy that reinforced Fort Knox do, do this one room. Yep. <laughs> and and okay when they go and they and they find the giant bags of flour i mean cocaine with poison in it uh which is already getting all over them because you know it's flour flying around in the room uh they decide we're just gonna kill all the mobsters by dumping it into the room and speed speedboat goes hey uh it'll go faster if i turn the heat up and he says that as he turns to the left and there is an industrial fan hooked up to the the, the, the HVAC system where it's supposed to be. It's not a heater, though. It's just a fan that says low, medium, and high written with black marker <laughs> on masking tape. Yeah, it's, it's like the bat computer. Yeah. And when he turns it on high, somebody in the other room just turns a box fan on full blast. <laughs> <laughs> and it blows the, the, it blows the, the cocaine or or poison whatever it was the supposed new to be drug. all over them. the new drug the new drug and and then they all die and as you said earlier he gets uh, declared insane presumably so he can have sex with his doctor <laughs> that's medical what it's are <laughs> it's it's implied that she 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 wants to have more sessions with him to make him sane but that's innuendo for i want you to plow me that's what that's what and even the music is doing mm -hmm. and that's when when they start to have sex that's when his his buddies start having a weird dance in the hallway and it cuts the credits and again they hired uh, a band to make music for this movie and i'm like what yeah that scene was like what's happening right now 
It was very strange. I was so lost at the end because I looked down at my phone for just a second to check emails at like two o'clock in the morning, as one does. And they're just dancing in the fucking hallway, just having themselves a grand old time. It was like, what the hell did I miss? You know I think they filmed the movie in order. I have this weird feeling that they didn't shoot this, you know, whatever would be most efficient. I think that was a rap shot. I, and they did it as a joke. I could believe it. I really could. Yeah. Okay. I could believe uh, that. Yeah. Now, did Darlene watch this with you? No, Darlene was already traumatized from the first one. Would she have been more traumatized by this one? No. No, I don't think so. She would have just been confused. Very, very confused. <laughs> and then, so these were filmed back to back in 88. They were both released in 89. And then we fast forward a couple of years, and he's had a, a movie or two in between. The third movie has clearly a bigger budget it looks more like a real movie and by that i mean the cinematography is better the acting is better across the board it is not a better movie but the acting is better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, michael what did you think of the third movie i don't know like there are parts of the third movie i liked but other parts i was just honestly just kind of bored and it's weird because i think lorenzo lamas is fine in it and his weird cowboy sidekick is fine but everybody else is just kind of going through the motions like i didn't feel this one didn't feel as fun and where the one part like right in the very beginning of it there's a part where the they have this family who's hired a soldier to go help find their kidnapped daughter or something and the daughter comes out and like, hi, this is my daughter, so-and-so. And she pulls up her shirt and pulls down her panties. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this, but I'm good. And So so basic plot. We'll get the very basic yeah. plot out first. Uh, he's no longer a police officer because. No, he he's on suspension flared. again. He's I need your, yes, your badge. Other, like, yes, so, sorry. A couple dozen he got, people, yeah. he's, he killed a couple dozen people. <laughs> He got off for being mentally ill. The police brought him back, which I guess kind of tracks nowadays. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. All right. The police brought him back. They're like, yeah, you killed like 30 people. You're a little crazy. What's the big deal? You're a cop. That's that. That does track. Uh, but anyway, he's brought back. Does something bad enough again that they kicked him off temporarily? Now think about think what that, that had to have been to get him kicked off again. They, at one point, I think they're they sort of look and reference, and it might have been police brutality. <laughs> <laughs> might because he's been. got he's got a file of complaints that they're going through. Apparently, yeah. Uh, it, so it's <laughs> it's 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 something. And, and in the meantime, he's become a private investigator partner to a bounty hunter slash investigator. It's a bounty hunter, but not in the sense of like going after bail people. He he's. It, it's not just private investigating because he's his specialty is getting kidnapped people back yeah so I'm like what kind of but they call him they call him private investigator but he's really like he's really a bounty hunter um and they've apparently been working together for years because they're like good friends or whatever even though the guy's like 25 years older than him and he does he even have a name no he doesn't it's just cowboy mm-hmm. he, he never gets a name uh and they're hired by this this nice sweet old couple who have a daughter who had some sort of traumatic injury either to her brain or body and 
she now <sighs> just has sex with anybody. Okay, I can explain it, I guess. <laughs> I can. It's that that she was kidnapped for a while, and they basically yeah. raped her over and over and over again until they broke uh, her mind. Uh, That's what it is, and it was the most. I was trying to get away without saying stuff like that. But it yeah. was the most. <laughs> well, I mean, look. If people need to know ahead of time before going into this movie what's there, because yeah, I, I was in like a right away going, holy shit, I can't believe they're even implying. And then they don't really even imply. They just come out right out and say it. Oh, yeah, she was kidnapped and raped for months and months at a time. And when she got back out, she just really liked sex. So now she's a nymphomaniac. Like, where? What world are you people in that th- thinking that this is okay to put on screen? I'm sorry that our country produced this. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, but yes. So, uh, this at one point, this is about him going out. He's investigating a few things, but ultimately, it boils down to going after. Uh, a biker gang that has done a bunch of different things, but has kidnapped her and made her basically their their willing zombie sex slave. And the parents have hired him to go find her and get her back. And along the way, uh, he meets up with Bam Bam Bigelow, the wrestler. Oh yeah, the guy that he my kidneys don't work real well and I can't piss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm watching like, is that Bam Bam Bigelow? And uh, yeah, it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow and, and his, his, his shoddy uh, kidneys. Yeah. And yet again, Bam Bam Bigelow is one of the better actors in this. That's saying something. Yeah. Uh, but he plays Goose. He's memorable. Who gets, He's, well, he gets, shot, he gets shot in the foot. And his response is, is to go, aren't you going to take me to the hospital? I actually laughed at that because I was like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, he takes Lorenzo then, Lamas outside to beat the shit out of him. And he goes, hold on a second. My, I got to piss. <laughs> my, my, my kidneys is shot. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to wait to fight. He's got to, don't, don't run away now. I got to piss. And he's just pissing on a, on a, on a wooden fence right next yeah. to like a house. So it's like the house's backyard. <laughs> and th- this... <laughs> And this is all because he had to go to the topless bar to interview the girl that might flip on the gang that might know where she is. Uh, shoots him in the foot, uh, leaves him there, uh, rescues Goose's girlfriend, uh, who then gets blasted with a shotgun by Goose. Yeah. Uh, a pretty good squib job. on This movie had better, uh, better blood effects. And <laughs> all this boils down to, again, big war with the biker gang. Uh, there was definitely more money in this because there's the, the scene at the end where he drives a truck through the side of the building. Mm-hmm. They would not have had the money to do that in the first two movies. I, um, I actually thought like the shootout at the motel that they started burning up the motel actually was kind of cool. Yeah. There's, there, there's moments in this, Yeah, but again, it sort of blurs together. Yeah, for there's, sure. There's not, there were parts the, the, of this that were just kind of bleh. like, this is the one that I liked the least. And uh, that kind of sucks because I don't know. As these well, movies, nobody returns. Nobody returns from the second movie. Yeah, like I was kind of hoping we'd find out. Hey, what happened to Speedboat? Maybe his sister is a lawyer or something by now. I don't know. There, there's like, I think there was potential in this franchise, even as a direct-to-video sort of thing. I don't know. This one just felt kind of paint by numbers like this was sort of i feel anyway when you look at all those direct-to-video movies some of them 
are really good and some of them are not so good. This showed we've got a budget, but we don't care. It's clear that Lorenzo Lamas is still having fun, but everybody else around him, maybe Bam Bam Bigelow and maybe a few of the other actors, maybe Cowboy are having some fun, but it just seems very bleh. Also, no memorable villain. Well, uh, okay. The leader of the biker gang had a couple funny lines, but they were very, very inappropriate. Oh, yeah. So much so we can't even repeat them. We can't. I wrote a couple of them down and I was going to say them. No. But they were, they were, I won't because, <laughs> because, because let's just say they're very derogatory towards the kidnapped victim. Yeah. Um, and actually, I will say something about the the second movie uh the second movie with where they had the drug boss and all that random random over the top racism in a few scenes oh, that sure. were there for no reason uh that was that wasn't in the third movie the third movie was all about being horrible to the victim yeah <laughs> and and just and just the the mean streak that like lorenzo Lamas has in this He's, he seems a little more mean, but then, like, snarky about it. And I was like, what are they going for with this? So they have their, their shootout. He rescues the girl. She saves herself uh, at one point at the very end by stabbing a dude from the back of the neck. Um, and then she's magically cured of her sex disease, <sighs> as in, like, her her disorder. And she's, like, wearing, like like... Uh, like a, a regular dress, and she's all all schoolgirl nicey again. And instead of getting paid, Lorenzo Lamas just wants oranges. And when he, or is that what was that what they were? He was getting oranges from them, but then he gets the oranges, and I swear to God, they're apples. Once he shows up at the car, <laughs> they went bad. They went bad between. I'm God. not kidding. They're like they're red, and I'm like, what the hell just happened here? Um, but they get in the car and drive away and again they paid a band to do the music for this it is the least memorable of the three there's a few moments in there the memorable parts are the what the fuck parts and not the what the fuck hilarious yeah the what the fuck like how did they get away with this what the fuck who thought this dialogue was okay yeah i don't know i i think that overall uh, between all three of these movies the general feeling i get is these were kind of greasy in in like yeah just because of the sexual violence stuff just really never sits well with me i I don't like it being used as plot points it's Uh, lazy yeah it's very it it wasn't it wasn't really used in the second one though so no no no, not in the second one and and you don't have to have seen the first one to watch the second movie either the second one feels like a completely different movie the second one almost feels like it could have been the first movie. Yeah, yeah, because the first and the third are really, I don't know, very similar, very similar. And I, I would almost say, like, if you're a fan of the ridiculous, or you or you thought what we said was funny, it's worth watching the first one. And third. if you wanted to do a marathon with your friends and have a drinking game, do it. Just be aware there's going to be things in there that are like, oh, there's about ten minutes where you're like, this goes on just a little too long, or or like prepare your significant others if you're going to watch it with your friends or even with them or just by yourself prepare them that when they walk in they may have a couple what the fuck moments and like and give you the stare of what are you doing 
I got that while I was watching this, actually, to be quite transparent. My wife walked in. She's like, Michael, what the fuck are you watching? And and I don't have a good answer for you, Blair. I don't. <laughs> well, like I said, Dar- Darlene, Darlene could, uh, she had nightmares from the first one because of the kidnapping and like the constant threat of sexual violence. And then she, she, she didn't. Which, sorry, sorry. I'm not. I'm not. If you hear me, I'm not laughing at that. What she's going through. I'm laughing at that. I had no idea how this. That's how bad it was when I sent it to you guys to watch. And, and then she wanted nothing to do with the second and third movies, even though the second movie was way more lighthearted, even with all of, like the murder in it. Um, but yeah, the third movie is wow. Yeah. So, I mean, the first two are definitely worth watching. I think. And the third one, it's there. It's got some, it has a higher budget, but at the same time, it's not quite as good. Oh, one little thing. I went back and rewound in the first movie. Mm-hmm. You know when he gets thrown from the bike into the biker bar at the beginning? I paused it. One of the people in there, one of the, the servers, not the main server, one of the other server biker ladies, she's in Terminator 2. Really? Really? Yeah. And I was like, what the F? You know the lady in Terminator 2? Michael know this for sure because oh, yeah. you've seen it so many times. Yeah. You know when he walks into the bar? Oh, and she looks and him up and down? Oh. Not the one that looks him up and down. Yeah. Blonde lady with the nose ring that looks at him and goes, huh. Like, for, like with, is she smoking at the beginning when he walks in? Okay. Oh. She's the, the first one that looks at him. Not the lady that looks him up and down. Okay. But the first lady. She, if you look at her blonde, a little bit shorter hair that sort of looks like a, a 50s uh, greaser. The way she's got her hair mm-hmm. she looks exactly the same in, in this movie wow it was like you know filmed a year or so earlier so they must have like they must have grabbed a bunch of extras in both of them because i was like i went almost frame by frame and i'm like that's the same lady but she's not in the credits and she's not in the credits of terminator either so i'm like somebody knew somebody or somebody did a casting call and showed up in the background or much more likely she's a real biker and they got real bikers to just show up. Yeah, that's probably likely too. Mm. So, well, that's again, cool. little little trivia thing because I was like, again, I've seen Terminator Two what like a hundred times, or not maybe not a hundred, but like I've seen it enough that I know the scenes in my brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm like, that's that lady. Yeah, I mean, I've so, seen it a, a lot too, but I guess I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, uh, the third film I noticed. I don't think the third one was filmed in Ontario. Um, there were some references that made it look like it was filmed around Montreal. Yeah, Quebec. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the production stuff on there, uh, and they they dropped some of the like cheaper brands. I'm going to say in quotes of sponsorships, like they weren't sponsored by Hostess Chips of of Toronto or uh, what else do they have? Well, like you you posted the the pizza with the maple leaf on it. Yeah, yeah. They they lost the Domino's contract and had to have Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh but what was funny was i think it was the first or second movie they had a sponsorship from i think coca-cola or pepsi because every movie does right michael there's a part in the first movie i think in the bar when they have like they have all their beers around them somebody instead of a rum and coke in the background they've got an rc cola wow i didn't and i was like that and i was like what i get well because see my brain went to once i saw somebody i've met i was like okay what local shit can i find in here (laughs) i went to where's waldo mode uh but yeah i'm i'm glad we watched it i'm glad 
I'm glad I watched it now and not when I was 14 and I had the VHS tapes because my parents had walked in watching that. They would have been like, what the? You're not allowed to get yourself tapes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They just seen a woman with like a a heart surgery scar completely naked. They would have been like, what are you watching? I mean, then again, who knows? When I was 10 is when my uncle got me Blazing Saddles, right? So who knows? My parents let me have that. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. So I guess, guys, what's our final summation of these things? Aaron, let's start with you first. Oh, boy. Um, you know what? I think they're they're a product of their time. Um, I don't think the first one and the second one definitely aren't bad. They're not great either. They're direct-to-video kind of action films. Just know what you're going in for. I would not recommend the third one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it it. it very much bled into the background and i honestly cannot remember a lot of the scenes from it except for like the motel burning scene and then like just how awful the the one girl was basically described as being and and how just off the cuff they were about her trauma um but yeah my my thoughts are basically if you want to watch a cheesy you know late 80s early 90s direct video action I mean, there's worse out there, but, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess for kind of my thoughts and then I'll let Alex have the last kind of word on this. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a product of their time. This is basically the arts, typical eighties, nineties action flick where there is a likable enough leading man. They do have some interesting supporting characters, speedboat being one of the more memorable supporting characters to come out of that eighties, nineties era kind of action movie, funny person. And they were pretty funny in revenge of the nerds. And here they were given more to kind of chew on and do. Uh, Yeah. First two definitely worth, uh, watching if you can find it is it worth going for the ultimate blu-ray 4k whatever Nah, but if you can find it on youtube or on tubi or something yeah sure there's worse ways to spend your time they're better move i think i don't think this would be a bad pairing if you watched action usa and maybe snake eater 2 back to back i i don't think that would be a terrible afternoon um the third movie you can completely skip it's not interesting it's just not entertaining really at all. As much as I like Lorenzo Lamas, I'd say that these movies converted me to be a fan, but I'm not going out to buy the immortal box set anytime soon. So Alex, what's your final word on this? Uh, skip. Okay. As much as I, I, I love them. There's probably better pictures from Lorenzo Lamas to watch. And I, that's weird saying that like in between the second and third film, he made a movie called Final Impact, where it looks like a martial arts competition movie. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's got to be terrible because he doesn't know any martial arts, but it's got to be fun, right? Uh, I would say watch the second one. Don't watch the first or third. Unless right. like you want to do a marathon. That's fair. Yeah. yeah all right. um, and maybe, like I said, pick something else that he did around that time period. Like the second movie. Uh, after that, he did a movie called The Swordsman where it's i'm just reading the synopsis to you because this sounds like something we might have to do eventually cop and accomplished fencer andrew is assigned to protect archaeologist and museum curator julie wilkins uh, the only witness to the theft of the legendary sword of alexander the great andrew has recurring dreams about two men having a sword fight in what is to be a historical place 
and it looks like they tried to rip off Highlander. You know what? At some point, because I've been talking about this for years, I want to do a show on the Highlander franchise. I I might have to bow out because I get my blood pressure gets very high when I talk about anything after the t- TV show. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I have uh, the unpopular opinion that the second film is the best one. Oh, on my its own. God. Okay. Yeah. See, everyone, everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. But no, honest to God, I, it's. I am such a big fan of the TV show. Same. That was my that was my show growing up. Like, I. Not like I had to race home when it would be on because I had to watch it. That was my show. I didn't see the original two movies until I was like 15 or 16. Uh, to me, all there was was the TV show. And, you know, going back, I liked the first movie on its own. I liked the first movie on its own. I liked the second movie on its own. I don't like the third movie. I parts of the third uh, movie. The, the TV show, I really liked the TV show. Uh, Endgame is terrible. And the source... I thought I was going to have a heart attack from my blood pressure raising just watching it. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, if we do that one, I am taking edibles before we talk wow. about it. Because because I was so mad at how they did the franchise dirty with it. Um, but yes, I will actually agree with you. I think Highlander 2 is the best of the movies overall All right. on its own. So we will be talking about who knows what's going to be coming up on Loose Cannon next. Because we usually take a break uh, at least a week between these things. <laughs> Oh, and, and Michael, my recommendation is don't watch any of these and just watch uh, Lorenzo Lamas' TV show, Air America, which is loosely based on the blockbuster movie. Right. But it's basically an action show where he uses his cargo company as a cover for his beating the fuck out of people. <laughs> so, and it's, it's as a TV show, it has a higher budget than these movies. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us here at the Twig Video Store. We're going to rewind the tapes, make sure you've put them back in the right container because there's always some asshole who confuses Jack Frost, the kids movie with Jack Frost, the horror movie. We got the joke. Thank you very much. So from us here at This Week in Geek, we have been Alex, the producer. And I'm Aaron Pollier. I've been Mike the Birdman saying be kind, rewind. We'll catch you guys again next time right here on thisweekingeek.net. Are either one of these any good? Sir. What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Quick, change the channel. You're wasting your life making shit. Nobody cares. These movies are terrible. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.